Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel. Trying to figure out technical details here. Uh, we're going to continue our... Oh, hey, Dad. Hi. How are you doing? Not so well, I take it. There's nothing like a professional presentation. And this is nothing like nothing a professional like. presentation. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, so we're going to continue on our parenting series today. Sounds and because we realize parenting is really about principles and principles... Parenting is life. Yeah. Yeah. If you is. learn the principles... It works for everything. Yeah. And I want to talk specifically today about something uh, that has been kind of challenging because we're living in a world right now that is just saying uh, kids need to be exposed to everything so that they can make their choices. And yeah. the earlier they're exposed to it, the more the less judgmental uh, they'll be about things. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and I, but, but the question is, yeah. how much should we protect our kids? Because I've met some people that say you just need to hole up your kids and protect them from everything, and you know it's the classic homeschooling thing. And then the kid goes off to college and they just lose every lose their mind, lose their faith, go insane because they didn't have any exposure to anything. Yeah. But how much should we protect our kids, and then how much should we expose them to things? And I think the world has gone to the other extreme of we should just expose them to everything. everything. All things are morally equal, so just let them decide on their own. But I think that's absolutely whack. First of all, psychologically and developmentally. There are yeah. some things kids are just not ready for, uh, right. and but but the idea is if you expose them early, they won't judge your messed up lifestyle or whatever. That's my Probably take on. It. It. I think it's kind it. of diabolical. But yeah. anyways, well, what's your take on where are the lines of protecting your kids, and then how much should we expose them to? Because you also don't want them to go out into a world they're not prepared for, and yeah. the only way to strengthen, really, in, in many ways, uh, the only way to conquer fears of certain things is to have small exposure to them. So. Yeah. Well, you know, and all these things, it seems like we keep saying, or I keep saying the same thing, you know, um, you're asking the wrong question when you're saying how much and this and that, because it all depends. You're talking about a living, growing being here. Yeah. You're talking about a child. And in the same way, it's like, how much should you expose a plant to the winter, you know, and how much should you protect it? Well, it depends on the plant and, and it not even the type of plant. Um, we got two plumerias out in front of our garage. One of them, we haven't even had a freezer and all the leaves on it are dead and brown. The other one's doing great. I, they're, they're just 15 feet apart. Same plant, same plant, same location. Same yeah, but different things because uh, you got to pay attention to your kid and know when they're ready for. I know too, the, the same thing with the homeschool movement, they say about Christian schools, you know, well, you put them in a Christian school, you know, they're just in a hothouse. Well, with tender plants, you put them in a hothouse. You don't stick them out to let the snow fall on them. You cover them, you do protect them. And so, but eventually they are going to have to um, be toughened up a little bit. But I don't know that we have to do that because the world has a way of just knocking you upside the head without you for forcing that upon them. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the idea of toughening them up for the world. Yeah. But there's also the idea of, what's that verse in King, King Solomon? He says, do not awaken love before it so desires. Right. We always heard that growing up as, you know, kids shouldn't be dating till a certain age because there's just certain things they don't need to awaken within them. And once it's awakened, once Pandora is out of the box, yeah. uh, then you they're dealing with things that maybe they're not emotionally ready for. Right. And or, you know, relationally ready for. And Elise has already asked me, dad, how old do I have to be before I can date like a boy? And I was like, well, you can like a boy at whatever age. <laughs> and she's like, well, how old until I can go out with a boy? And I'm like, oh my gosh, why do we have to answer these questions? But we see that in everything in this world. We're yeah. driving down the street the other day. There's a guy out front that has a sign that says, God hates gay. 
And, I, and she's like, dad, what does that mean? I'm like, oh my gosh, why do I have to explain this to an eight-year-old? But yeah. it's gonna happen at some point. I'm gonna have to explain it to her, but I'm trying to figure out what's the age, how, what's the age appropriateness of explaining it to an eight-year-old? Because this is what's really wacky in the world. <laughs> like we have gone so non-scientific in, in an effort to get people indoctrinated early on. We've gone yeah. so non-scientific and we have not, Piaget talked about this, Jean Piaget, he talked about yeah. there's stages of developmental growth and what you can handle and concrete the concrete nature of kids thinking. And we don't even acknowledge that anymore. And in the name of our ideology, we're like, well, we gotta teach them to love, love all things equally, gay, transgender, whatever. And the earlier we can get them, the more they'll, they'll believe it. But there's certain things kids literally mentally are not ready for because of the way their mind thinks. But we don't care about that. Well, I do, but a lot of the world yeah. doesn't care about it. Even the educators that have been trained in this stuff. Yeah. Ugh, gets me mad. But there's certain things you just shouldn't be talking to certain kids at certain ages about. Yeah. And this is what's happened with a lot of political things or a lot of, you know, Ron DeSantis, everybody's like, oh, he's taking books out of schools. No, he's taking books that shouldn't be for eight-year-olds out of schools. And if you don't believe, if you believe your kid should be exposed to everything, I don't know what to tell you. You're a whacked out parent that ignores science because some certain kids aren't ready for certain things. You can tell I'm passionate about this. Yeah, I, I would say a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, somewhat there. Well, you know, the, the again, as you're saying, kids develop at different levels, but um, they are not as you said, they're not ready for certain things. And, you know, the situation there where you're explaining, you know, the guy, God hates gays or whatever, whatever that sign was, you know, you just explain it to a certain level that you can. Well, that guy, he's just angry about something and he's standing on the street and trying to let everybody know what he thinks. You know, he thinks this, he thinks he understands what God's heart is. And so he's telling people and that's all there is to it. You know, they, if, if you go into too much detail too, they don't know. They're lost. Well, here's where it gets tricky because she's in that in that stage where it's, it's either right or it's wrong, right? Early on yeah. in stages. And that's what's really dangerous. Early on in, in a child's development, um, it, everything's either right or wrong, black or white. And they have to think that way because they have to have some boundaries in the way their mind works. I mean, this has all been scientifically proven. Yeah. They have to have some boundaries of this is right and this is wrong. Later you learn there's some nuance to it. But then she goes, well, is that is that wrong or right? And I'm like, oh boy, this is complicated. <laughs> like, is the sign right or wrong? Is Guy's opinion right or wrong? Is the way he's doing it right or wrong? Yeah. And she's not ready for that. No. And, but she asks, is it right or wrong? And so sometimes we have to go with, well, I it, it's complicated, but they need a, and I don't know, is it okay to just tell a kid it's complicated? I think it is. Okay. I think it is. Can I tell a joke? A little, Let's hear the joke. Yeah. Little, little girl runs out to dad and says, hey, dad. What's sex? He go, he's kind of working in the garden. Um, and well, I guess if she's old enough to ask, I was old enough. So he starts explaining these things to her and she's like, her mouth drops open and he goes, well, honey, why did you ask this? Well, cause mom told me to go out and tell you that dinner would be ready in a sec. <laughs> so, you know, the question was uh, a simple one and he gave a real complex answer and um, kids, you know, they're, they're usually satisfied with just a simple because simple answer. Unless you make a big deal out of it. Now, if you make a big deal out of it, they sense, oh, something's going on here that I'm not aware of. Well, then maybe we just need to give a simplistic answer, even if it's like, oh, yeah. no, that's not right. Yes, that is right. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. You can just say, no, it's it's not. He thinks it is, whatever. Because obviously the guys, you know, I mean, probably a believer out there doing what he thinks is right, you know? Yeah, and we've done an episode about that where, where, we, where we talked about like, 
that says each man rises or falls before his master. So who yeah. are we to judge another man's servant? Maybe there's some act of obedience that this guy, God told this guy to stand out there in the heat yeah. with a sign. He may irritate 50 people, but there may be some that, somebody that comes to the Lord through it. You I don't know. know. Who and knows? I don't, I don't, I don't agree know. with the tactic, Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But my problem is like, there's just certain things that she's going to be exposed to. Uh, yeah. It, well, there was a gr- she came up to me the other day. We were at a swimming pool. This girl goes, and she goes, yeah, that boy I'm playing with, um, her brother says that he was a he was a boy. It, how can that be? And I'm like, no, sweetheart, that can't be. Yeah, that that was my answer. And she's like, but why does he say that? I'm like, some people have wacky ideas about things, and they don't believe in science. And she was like, they don't believe in science. And I was like, no, because there's only two genders. And she was like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, see, and that's <laughs> that's where I'm saying that they are going to be exposed to these things. I, know, I don't care yeah. if you homeschool. I don't care if you Christian school. So to put, but to put them out there and expose them to that. That's, that's silly. That's ridiculous. Again, you don't take a tender plant and leave it out during the winter. You're, you're saying intentionally. Say, intentionally well, just yeah. so they know, let me expose it to them. Too much. Yeah, too. it's not necessarily going to make that tender plant stronger. It could kill it. Mm-hmm. And it could. And the thing is, okay, the child's not going to die, but something in the child might die. There is a spirit. One of the reasons kids, you know, kids, no other animal, and we're not animals, but there's no animal in creation that spends 18 years under its parents' care. Mm. The longest is like an elephant. I think it takes two years for an elephant to go off. You know, everything else, man, within a few weeks, a few months, man, they're on their own. They just, because an animal only needs to learn survival. With a child, God has made them more dependent on the parents because we are shaping a spirit within them, and that takes longer than just teaching them how to survive. And so it takes longer to mold and shape that spirit. And so God designed it to where they're with us, 18, 20. Actually, they should be learning from us and growing from us the rest of their lives as we ourselves are learning and growing as well. That's what this podcast is. I'm still learning and growing and I'm 45 learning from my dad. <laughs> well, I hope so. And I hope I'm still but learning But I don't and live at home, okay? <laughs> no, so, yeah. he doesn't. We don't have a basement even, or, or we'd invite him to, but... Uh, Uh, Anyhow, the point is that it takes longer to shape that spirit. And that's what would be killed. That's what could be damaged in this. They're going to survive bodily if they're exposed to all these things, but a tender plant's going to be killed by uh, leaving it out in a freezing winter. Their soul, their spirit is going to be damaged by exposing them to this blatant, and you use the word diabolical. That is the perfect word because in Spanish, diablo, it comes from demonic. Diabolical is demonic. And these things are indeed, what is Satan's whole goal? Rob, kill, steal, destroy the creation, the, the apex of God's creation. And if he can do that, it's easiest when they're kids to destroy and make parents think that they're somehow doing their kids a, a service by hardening up their spirit, by toughening up their spirit. But you don't want that. You want a tender, a soft spirit, soft toward the Lord, open toward the Lord, not open-minded in that open to any ideas, but open to influence of the spirit. And I mean, that's a really good point is we talk about that. They need a concrete boundary to work within. Everybody's like this. We need to know what the boundaries are that we can work within. One of my favorite quotes by Chesterton, he says, the chief aim of God's order is to give room for good things to run wild. Yeah. When you know where the boundaries are, you can run wild within that and you feel safe within that. Yeah. But what we're doing is we're literally creating kids with no boundaries and mm-hmm. they and that's why they have all this anxiety. When yeah. you don't know where the bounds are, you have perpetual 
anxiety because you don't know what's safe and what's not. And just saying everything's acceptable, everything's this or that, uh, we think it creates liberty, but really what it creates is anxiety and, yeah. and fear. And what's interesting, so you're basically saying, and I agree with this, that we need to protect them as much as we can because they're automatically getting exposed, especially because there's a world out there that is just going after our kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's an onslaught on our kids. Um, and it reminds me of something Jesus said. He said, it, it'd be better for a millstone to be hung around your neck and thrown to the bottom of the sea. I mean, that's like mafia stuff, like yeah. concrete on your feet and drop them to the bottom of the Hudson than for you to pervert one of these little children. Yeah. And I think, whew, that's savage Jesus, one of the things he said there. And you're like, man, that's yeah. it's intense. Like we're dealing with very important things here when you're, when you're potentially perverting the mind of a child. Yeah. And again, you've seen, I get a little passionate about this, but I think it's, uh, it's really important. Rob Dreher, he wrote a book a few years ago that when I first read it, I'm like, I don't know if I agree with this. It's called the Benedict Option. He said, basically over the next few years, Christians are gonna have to basically hole up like the, like the monks did the during the Middle monks. Ages uh-huh. and just kind of protect the fort. And I didn't agree with that at the time, but now I'm kind of seeing, wow, he was kind of prescient in that and seeing what was ahead that there is going to be an element of we are going to have to create our enclaves that we we strengthen our children to then send them out into the world. Yeah, but we have to have the enclave where they have this pl- safe place to like a uh, like a uh, again a hot house to raise the child, strengthen their root system so that when they do out, go out into the world because they're going to have to. We yeah. are we have to live in this world um, that they're strong enough, but they've got the root system with, to withstand when all this craziness is thrown at yeah. them. And a root system is a good way of putting it because a lot of it has to do with their connection with their family. Do they feel connected with their family? Because if you're just throwing them out there and they feel isolated, then they're going to easily, because we're made, we're, we're communal creatures, they're gonna, they're gonna connect with somebody. But if they feel like they're connected with mom and dad, they feel like they're connected with the body of Christ, they feel like they are a part of something that has been around for 2,000 years and has survived all the onslaught of the enemy, then they're strong enough that they don't have to just hide from. Because you can, you can do nothing wrong and still not do anything right. And that's not the goal. The goal is, that, is not that we just do nothing wrong. We want to be doing the right things. Right. And to empower them to be able to feel free enough to do that, they have to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. We've well, talked about that before, too. Which is where I think not only teaching the boundaries, but also teaching why the boundaries are so important. King, yeah. King Solomon says, don't remove an ancient boundary stone set up by your fathers. Uh, Chesterton, another, again, another Chesterton quote, he says, hey, before you go removing uh, a fence post, make sure you know why the fence was put there. Yeah. And yeah. when we, mm-hmm. a lot of times we just say, these are the rules, but we don't, as the child gets, grows yeah. in their maturity levels, like when they get into their teens, you should be explaining a little bit more of why this rule is in place Correct. that God's asks of us. Early on, it's just like, this is right, this is wrong, so what we do. But as they get a little older and have the more capacity to handle the nuance, you do need to explain why, because if somebody doesn't know the why, somebody, they're gonna get shredded. Yeah. And you did a really good job with that with me. We're like, here's why we have this rule. And your your default answer tended to be yes, unless there was a really good reason for no. And if there was a reason for you to say no to me, you would tell me the why. And I developed a strong moral compass based on that because I go, well, this isn't just some random arbitrary fiat that dad says, we don't do this. There's yeah. a why behind it. And when you've got the why, that's again, that's part of that root system that you're strengthening. And there's yeah. a certain age where we're ready for the why, but as an, an eight-year-old's not ready for the why quite yet. Yeah. And it, and it depends. They might be ready for some of the whys, you know, but but as they grow, again, it's it's like that plant. As the plant grows stronger, you can expose it to more. It can have more. But when it's tender, you take better care of it. 
And so that that's where it's just so important that we know where our kids are in growth. And we have the Holy Spirit, who's the perfect gardener, who will lead and guide us into that. You'll sense in your heart, oh, I need to go here, don't go there. And so just listen to the Lord. He loves your kids more than you do, and they're actually his. He's just loaned them to you and expects you to give them back. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.